Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Rome Business Radio. This is the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. We are coming to you from our Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I am Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. I'm Jeannie Krieger with the Rome Floyd Chamber. And how are you doing today, Jeannie? Everything going well at the Chamber? Doing great. It's the Chamber of Commerce Day outside. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a, that's a nice way to do the weather forecast. Uh, Jeannie, if you, if you don't mind, would you, uh, would you introduce us to our guest, please? Absolutely. Um, so excited to have with us today Todd Trail from Woodstock Furniture Outlet and Mike Schieffer from Lumina Coffee. Both are just great establishments in Rome and Floyd County and excited to hear from them today. All right. Good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all? Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, Todd, let's start with you, if you don't mind. Just give us a little bit of your of your backstory there at the uh, at your Woodstock Furniture Outlet. Well, as uh, most people probably know or maybe don't know, we've been here for just a little over three years in the Rome uh, location. Uh, as a company, we've been in business for over 30 years, or actually third, a little over 32 years. Um, we have what we call the Mothership, which is the big location in Ackworth. Uh, and then we have a uh, harm location. We've got four mattress stores, so scattered throughout the area. But uh, we're excited to be in Rome. Uh, we've done tremendous business here. Uh, I think with the community, we've done so well getting to know everybody and establishing ourselves within the Rome community. Uh, we love, love, love being in Rome. Great. Talk about Chamber of Commerce stuff. There you go, Jeannie. <laughs> I know. Appreciate that. And I'm one of their great customers, too. So Yeah, Jeannie is one of our best customers. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and if we could have these Chamber weather days every day, I'd really appreciate that. It, it, is, it is a great time of year. Uh, Mike, uh, give us a little bit of the background story there at Lumina Coffee. Well, great. Thank you. And it is great to be here. And uh, we appreciate the invite. The Lumina Coffee birthed itself about really five years ago between my son and I. He was a freshman in college and deciding what he wanted to do in life. And I kind of told him, I said, why don't you just go and be a freshman and enjoy it? And he said, yes, but I really do need a plan when I graduate. And that became sort of a thinking time of a two-year period, deciding how to kind of help him a little bit. And it manifested, quite frankly, into Lumina Coffee Company five years later. And it was the idea of taking some background that I had with Starbucks and then uh, incorporating that into something that we thought would be pretty special. So after that journey of time, we launched a year and a half ago, a little over a year and a half ago. And uh, it is great being out by the Rome Brave Stadium, being right on the corner there. And it's afforded us the opportunity to just uh, bring a light, which is Lumina, plural of Lumen, and Lumen being a source of light. You said, could we bring a light unto others and unto a community? And could we wrap a concept around it? And of course, coffee being in our veins, we said this might be the avenue. So there it was, there it is, and, and it launched. Coffee is literally in your veins. <laughs> literally, without a doubt. Those, People do ask us often. They go, you guys are so sort of full of life. And we're like, well, yes, we are. And caffeine both. So. Um, well, I've never met your son, but I am so inspired by the fact his freshman year in college, he was already manif manifesting and planning for a future with an entrepreneurial spirit. That's what this show is all about, business. <laughs> Amen. And that's what the Chamber is all about. So another little plug there, Jeannie, that uh, we appreciate the, you know, the partnership in that and just the idea of trying to economically develop something. But also, you know, being institutional in a community, I think, is 
where we knew we wanted to be. We didn't just want to be another business and we didn't want to be another coffee shop. We said, let's do something really special that gives people an opportunity to get away a little bit out of their normal life and get into something that uh, they can enjoy, whether it's, you know, it's, yes, it's beverages and food and all those great things. But the experience is something that I think Starbucks taught me over the years that that's a pretty special thing. If you can really get your handle on it and give that out to others in a way that's um, really interesting for them and, and sort of lighthearted. Jeannie, I learned some trivia about what Lumina means. Did you know what Lumina meant? I did. And I tell you, they deliver on what they're setting out to do because I'm one of their great customers. And when you go in, you experience just um, just a great ambiance. And so they're achieving what they're setting out to do. And it's a great place to meet others and have a cup of coffee. And, you know, you're not in somebody else's conversation. This uh, may be also there. So it just it works out fantastic. Todd, when you were doing your market research to expand the the uh, Woodstock outlet, what what brought you to Rome? What told you Rome would be a good place for you? Well, um, I, I over twenty years ago, I worked in Rome for Frick's Furniture, <laughs> and uh, worked for Greg for uh, three and a half years, and then from there, I went on to work for Thomasville Furniture back in Atlanta. But so I knew the market pretty well, and the our owners, the Aarons. Um, had uh, we had a couple of salespeople that worked at the Acura store that lived in Rome, and they had constantly were talking about how there was a need for a furniture store up here. They just everything had gone away. Uh, I think at the time they would market, there was only two or three here anymore, and so we saw the opportunity to bring our company and our family atmosphere and and product lines, you know, and bring it to the area uh, for the need that was that was there. So. That's really the only market we, I mean, marketing we did was word of mouth. You know, people wanted it to come over. We had a lot of customers from the Rome area, Calhoun area, coming down to Ackworth, constantly buying furniture. You know, why, you know, why don't y'all have a store in that area? So here we are. That's the reason we're here. So, uh, Mike, when you guys were doing your market research, um, what made you know that your concept would survive in Rome? Because you mentioned you have a background at Starbucks and Starbucks is in Rome. Uh, and that's obviously a global brand. What made you know that Lumina would would find its niche? Yeah, Lumina had, I think, we think that we needed to answer the question, why would you be any different than anybody else? And one of the things that we did, we put sort of four different ideas together that we thought would be what we call our differentiators. And the first one was the product. And we had a great roaster. We knew that we could do something really special. We could do small micro roasts. We could do larger roasts. Um, that's really the engine that drives a coffee company is certainly that. And the other thing was Matthew had kind of a biology chemistry background. And I thought, he even thought, how am I going to actually make that work in a coffee company? So he ended up ultimately getting a finance degree, but he took his food background um, and his chemistry background and formulated all the syrups and sauces, all that's made in-house. So every product we make in-house pretty much from scratch. And that's a differentiator. That's another part of that product line that we knew if we could do that, that would be a differentiator from the competition, if you will. And it would also be something that with no artificial additives or ingredients, um, hormone-free chicken and hormone-free nitrate-free bacons, all those types of things would be something unique on the food scene as well as the coffee scene. So the product was a big deal. 
The other one, we knew that we could exemplify the service level. And if we could create just an incredible atmosphere where everybody just truly felt uh, felt special, that would be another differentiator. Um, The location was another differentiator that we knew we were new to the corner out there at that Braves location corner, but the traffic both north and south, east, west, the corridor there, the connector, all that over time would build and be a great spot for us. And then uh, lastly, we just um, we just felt like, wow, this is a new space for us that we can build a larger store, uh, 70 seats almost on the inside, 32 on the outside with a double drive through, and then create a different concept on the inside where if you walk into the initial store and walk into the lobby, you can't even tell that there's a drive through operation from the inside. Normally, a lot of these places do and Starbucks did, too. Um, they would sort of put together the drive-through operation with the front of the house operation. And there was a lot of calamity around that. And we said, we're going to design something different. We're going to make sure that the people coming into the lobby won't even know there's a drive-through operation. So everything's focused front of house on them versus trying to do two functions at the same time. So right behind that acoustically separated wall, we have a drive-through operation that handles nothing but the drive-through window and the lane. And then the crew up front handles just the in-house and the patio. That is so interesting. I never noticed that until you said that. But literally, basically, it's not just Starbucks. Every every place you go in with a drive-through, you can you McDonald's. I mean, you can see the drive-through. You can see the confusion. Uh, that that's right. a great concept. Well, the guest experience is certainly different, but it's not just different for the folks that are in the front of the house or the lobby. And because we have this little saying called head up, chin up, and the head up, chin up means that we should be looking at you as the guest versus looking down operationally. And if you notice, because it's it's just the way things work, the busier that the teams get, the more they're looking at the ground or they're looking at the functionality and the operations. But when they can bring their chin up and look at you and say, hey, Roger, good morning. Hey, Jeannie, good morning. Hey, Todd, good morning. And they're really engaged with you. That's a very special thing. But the challenge when you incorporate the drive-through operation into that, they're so mixed back and forth with the operations that it's really difficult under many circumstances for them to engage with you. So that's a very different, I don't know if it's ever been done before. I've never seen it done. But um, the other side of that wall then becomes the people in the drive-through execution area are focused 100% on drive-through and speed, which is typically what drive-through folks want. (laughs) They want it accurate, they want it friendly, and they want it quick. And that gives them the opportunity to be more successful as team members there. And I think the team member satisfaction goes up too, as well as guest satisfaction, hopefully. Jeannie, this is a good combination of guests because you can get a good night's sleep on a mattress from Woodstock Outlet and then drive through Lumina and get a jolt of caffeine to start your day. So this is a nice combination of guests that you've provided. Um, Todd, if you don't mind, uh, tell us how COVID has affected you uh, at Woodstock Outlet. Uh, well, we sh- we ended up uh, shutting down this door for four weeks um, when back in March. Uh, it was actually, I believe, like a lot of folks, it was St. Patrick's Day. So we ended up shutting down for four weeks. Uh, my store, this store here, came back a week early before the other ones. So we uh, were just like everyone else, you know, un- unaware of what was ahead of us. Affect the industry, how this affects our business. 
Um, but one thing we didn't do is change. Um, we, the only thing we did change is, is our hours. We, we went to, uh, or we were open every day, but Sunday, um, till eight o'clock. Uh, now we're open, uh, every day, but Sunday and Wednesday and we close at six. Uh, so that did allow us to handle the, with the lower staff that we had. Uh, we did end up uh, losing a few people, uh, during the COVID as far as, uh, layoffs and things like that. Um, but we came back real strong. Uh, we came back with the same family and faith, uh, attitude and environment and friendly and, you know, and inviting and, and trying to get as much merchandise as we could. So that's the biggest challenge right now is, is merchandising. The, the industry is, the furniture industry took a big hit. Um, the, the factories are way behind on, on production. Uh, we noticed this was going to happen in the relationship because of the size of the company we are. We had these great relationships with the industry and the, and the factory. So we were able to go in and purchase a lot of the merchandise that was already produced and ready to be delivered. So we filled our warehouse up. We've got close to 20,000 pieces of merchandise in our warehouse right now for delivery, which is uh, way ahead of a lot of the industry. Uh, so we, as, you know, we prepared ourselves in that aspect of it. But uh, we have done tremendous business. We're way ahead of last year's numbers, which uh, have contributed to a, a success from coming off the COVID. Um, we, we, you know, we do test. Uh, all my employees have to get their temperature tested every morning uh, before work still. Uh, we all wear masks. Uh, customers are, are welcome to wear a mask or not wear a mask. Um, there are times when, you know, when we don't, you know, we always try to stay the six feet apart from each other. And that's a big challenge when we're trying to uh, build a relationship with customers on the floor. But I think everybody's at a point now where they understand what's going on with that. But um, it's I, I think that a lot of people stayed at home and realized that uh, that sofa uh, needed to be replaced and a uh, new mattress was needed and things like that. So uh, being at home made people realize that they needed new furniture. So I think that's helped us out a lot as well. Uh, and then a lot of people are moving. So we've got a lot of customers that are moving into new houses that are uh, moving into the Rome area. We The, the Spears, uh, now that it's uh, taken on tenants, uh, we've had a lot of customers moving from all over the place, from all over the country into that location. And that's bringing us business. So um, it's, I, I tell you, it, it, it's, it's been rough, but it's also been good for us. So. We're doing we're we're doing really well. Uh, it also sounds like you did had a tremendous amount of foresight to anticipate that the industry would have a, an inventory hit at some point to go ahead and yeah. stockpile some inventory. Um, it's uh, it was it was it, we did we were like I say the relationships we have with the factories they were we were aware that was going to happen and the, to their I mean it's it's the materials are un, are ungettable right now. I mean the, the wood industry is hard to get the foam. Uh, that goes into cushions and mattresses are hard to get right now. So, and, and employees, uh, they were hard. It was hard to hire more people. These factories were running 24 hours a day and they couldn't get employees to work. So, and then to trucking industries backlog. So everything was just a, a, a bad situation in that aspect, but we, we've, we've come out stronger and uh, we've learned a lot. And, uh, but one thing hasn't changed is, uh, our environment here, you know, we, we, the one thing we didn't change is how we do business with our customers. Well, Jenny, I guess that gets back to the mission of the chamber. It's about relationships and things like that. 
Absolutely. And, you know, um, to see, you know, both of these companies adapt during um, COVID and maybe do things differently than they had before, but still serve their customer base is just part of the story that we want to continue to tell, you know, and promoted them as well. Yeah, Mike, you already had your drive through. Um, but what, what, what was, what were some of the other adjustments you had to make because of life in a COVID world? Yeah, you're actually right, Roger. We did have the drive through, which was a great benefit. So we were able to keep that open the whole time, which is pretty terrific. Um, and I think what was interesting about it too, is we watched some of those reluctant drive through customers that were always the in-house front of house lobby customers come and really experience the drive through for the first time. So it was great to see the, new, the same faces that we saw up front, but now coming through the drive through. So it was kind of an interesting opportunity to watch people do what they had to do to, to get what they desired. So I think this drive through thing uh, truly, truly helped us in many, many ways. Yeah, I think also COVID-19, as strange as it is, it helped us sort of uh, create some new avenues. I mean, one example would be we were contacted by a couple of local folks who I don't know if you're familiar with Java Joy. And uh, so Java Joy is kicking off October 26th. We've been working on that project for, gosh, most of 2020. That is a cart execution that is run by the Java Joy organization, which is a nonprofit organization to help what they refer to as ESP, extra special people, uh, really young adults that have some level of disability, but super exciting that we get a partner with them and be their coffee purveyor. And this cart will be, you'll see it around Rome and around the county and around the area, but it's just something that's extra special that these kids get the opportunity to have their identity and their purpose in a position that uh, is, is truly meaningful for them in the community. And that's coming up. And that helped us actually through this craziness of COVID to really solidify that program and to get ready for a launch. So it offered us, I guess, the opportunity just to do other things that are business related, but community related too. Well, Mike, Mike, you jumped ahead on my uh, list of questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, recently, we actually did a podcast with Java Joy. Uh, Hardy Realty is our studio sponsor, but we also do a monthly podcast with Hardy Realty, and they use the platform to talk about just good, positive things going on in the community instead of selling houses. And um, we had Java Joy on as our guest on a Hardy Realty podcast. So if people will go to RomeBusinessRadio.com, they can find all the other podcasts that we've done for the Rome Floyd Chamber and for Hardy Realty and, and some of our other podcast guests. And for just for more information, it was, it was a fantastic show. It's a fantastic idea. Um, and I did want to ask you about partnering with them because it will be your coffee that they are, they are serving as they go around spreading joy and hugs and things like that. Isn't that great? I just think it's really great. And uh, now they're going to do air hugs for a while. So uh, I just thought that was a great modification, but good for them. I mean, they're just magnificent people, but wait till you meet. Um, I call them kids. They're young adults. They're just an inspiration. They're just filled with energy and uh, how wonderful it is that they can be out front being who God made them to be in, in that type of environment. And we're just really pleased to uh, be a part of that. Well, I was going to say good for you and thanks to you for partnering with them um, because it is, it's a fantastic concept. And I think, I think the people all over Rome will, will uh, grow to love and enjoy it. Um, Jeannie, you act like you had something on your mind. Well, absolutely. So they're new members of the chamber, which we're happy about, but they're going to be at Expo. So we'll have the coffee. We will serve 
um, Lumina Coffee via Java Joy at the expo on November 5th. So we're real excited about that as well. All right, I'll do, I do want to switch gears here. One of the questions I like to ask our guests, just in case the the young person in college is listening and trying to chart their path, uh, unlike Mike's son, who apparently had a vision, as <laughs> some people some people don't know. And Todd, you touched on the fact you had always kind of worked in furniture. Like mm-hmm. I, I I come from a television sports background, so I used to tell people if you want to be an athletic director, research the resume of athletic directors and you know, mm-hmm. chart a path. Or if you want to be a head football coach, chart a path. If you want to be a TV sports anchor, chart the path. What is your background? Kind of how, how did you get into your leadership position in the industry that you are in? Well, I, uh, I, I was in a completely different industry at the time. And my wife and I were shopping for furniture one day in a store. And, uh, the manager of that store that we were in, um, we got to talking and he knew I had a sales background asked me if I'd be interested in selling furniture. And so you mentioned chart your path. Well, I went home and back in those days, we didn't have the internet. So, but I knew some people that were in the industry. So I communicated with them and talked to them about it. And I thought it'd be a nice challenge. So I got into the furniture industry through a sales, through a company called Levitz back in the late eighties and worked with them. Um, I, then I fell in love with the industry, I fell in love with furniture and design and doing those things. So I wanted to enhance that. So I went to work with Ethan Allen. And then from Ethan Allen, I ended up in Rome working with Greg Fricks. Um, and from there, I went on. I, I was a regional manager for Thomasville for a while. I was a South, Northeastern regional manager for the, uh, Thomasville Bedding. So I've, I've progressed that way. But in 2008, the whole industry in um, a lot of those businesses went away. Thomasville furniture completely gone. Uh, doesn't exist anymore. Um, but the the retail biz side of it had survived. Um, so I got back into it. I was actually doing uh, kitchen design work at the time. Uh, and then when they in Rome uh, with our furniture, and they called me and asked me if I'd be interested in, in coming back to the to the industry. And that's how I got back into it. But I've I've loved this this business. The uh, the 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 biggest thing is is the people you meet, um, the communication, and 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 that's what I enjoy the most is just learning people's history and their stories and uh, and then their their needs and things like that. So uh, that's how I pursued it. And I've and I've right now I've got a, a young daughter who's twenty four years old that I that I want to get her involved in it because she would be fabulous in it and so it's it's just a matter of uh just enjoying you got to enjoy people you got to be a people person so and that that's what i am and and my staff here i've got the best staff of furniture salespeople that you could imagine uh histories behind it i mean i've got uh gail pool who everybody knows in rome who's owned uh, furniture stores in this town uh you know i got jack swan who's comes from the furniture business His, his family owned furniture stores in Rome, Georgia. So he's been in furniture forever. Uh, Angie Dickens, who's been in furniture business for a long time. She was in office furniture here for over 20 years in Rome, Georgia. So when you come in and meet our sales staff or myself, we are furniture. We've been doing it forever. Uh, we're not new to this. And, and for the people that I bring on that are new, uh, we train them very well. So that's it's in our blood here. And we, and we just love people. 
Well, it's interesting. Your obviously your background is sales, and yeah. you, you you ended up in the furniture industry and you fell in love with it. But you talked about building relationships and like and, and liking people and all that. That's just sales, and that can go into a lot of industries. Yours took you into furniture, mm-hmm. Mike. What what's your background? Uh, how did you got, kind of get where you are? Well, I actually uh, interesting in nineteen early nineteen ninety three. I actually started with Starbucks Coffee Company. They were a small company back then. Yeah, whatever happened to them? Uh, you know, they did. <laughs> <laughs> they did grow. You know, it's funny. In nineteen ninety three, I was really thinking, almost like my son was thinking a few years ago, that I thought it'd be great to start a coffee company of some sorts, and I thought I'd go learn from who I perceived probably had some experience. And I went to work for this little company called Starbucks back then. They had 165 stores. They were really excited because they were about ready to hit their 200th store within about a year. And I thought that's a really great place to start and learn. And I ended up staying with those guys for 18 years. Um, Really did not have that as an early notion whatsoever, but the opportunities just kept coming and I kept latching on, I guess. And um, wow, it grew to almost 19,000 by the time that 18-year run was done. So 165 stores to 19,000. And it came and we peaked around 2005. We thought we peaked. It really peaked, quite frankly, two years later at 2007. Starbucks was opening up 7.2 stores a day around the globe. I'd gotten the opportunity to have 12 positions in 18 years. And uh, it was a great run. A lot of respect for what they did. Um, I think they've changed as a company since. It's not good or bad. It's just the evolution of a large corporation like that. But through all of that, we ended up in South Florida and I got the opportunity to do something different. And that's uh, moving into ministry. And I joined the ninth largest church in the United States, uh, operating a mega church, got the opportunity to run that for a five-year period until the Windshape Foundation position opened up here in the, the Atlanta market. And I got a call from a recruiter saying, this might be something you might be interested in. And I wasn't looking, but before I knew it, um, between the Chick-fil-A organization and Windshape Foundation, that uh, came all together as well. And I've been doing that as their leader for five years. So that's a quick run through Starbucks to a mega church to a foundation here in the uh, Atlanta, Georgia market. Well, and and bringing some of that that. Oh, mentality into Lumina as well. I can tell from your your earlier, for lack of a better word, mission statement that you talked about what y'all wanted to accomplish at Lumina. So uh, that's good news as well. Yeah, absolutely true. And I appreciate Todd's comments too about people and people relationships and all that. We don't talk about customer service much. We actually talk about guest engagement. Um, I think it's a deeper level of really understanding individuals and what would help them uh, have a, have a light experience, a good experience and a great experience. And that's kind of the essence and ethos of, of what Lumina has become. And I know it is a result of a lot of years of being around good organizations that have a equally centric focus on engaging their guests. All right. Um, one of the other things I like to touch on is what do you guys rely on for, uh, from a business perspective for marketing? Is it, is it word of mouth? Is it, do you do do you do print advertising? Do you do radio things like that? How do you how do you get your your brand out there? Todd, we'll go with you first. Well, the go back to uh, how COVID has changed the world. Um, we actually don't do a whole lot of advertising and marketing any longer right now. Um, we we try to take funnel some of the budgeting and how uh, 
where we needed to put the money. And, and that was, you know, loading up our warehouse with product. So word of mouth helps us out tremendously. Now we, we do a, a bit of internet um, advertising. Uh, we do a lot of Facebook advertising and things like that, but uh, we used to be on TV all the time. WSB, we were constant uh, uh, advertiser on WSB and, and a lot of that has changed. Um, what we've realized is uh, word of mouth and is our biggest advertiser, really. Uh, we do a good job with our with our business that people appreciate coming here. And when they someone is look for furniture, they say, hey, Woodstock Furniture is someplace you need to go. So that has helped us tremendously is word of mouth. Um, but uh, as far as the uh, print and and media and things like that, that has changed. Yeah. You a lot. Just dial it back a little bit for cash flow. Uh, I get that. And of course there's social media yeah. can do things for you as well. Mike, what about you guys? Yeah. Um, um, word of mouth, just great product. People taste the coffee and they tell their friends. Yeah, actually, uh, you're absolutely right. We follow really the same pattern that word of mouth. And what we do like to tell folks is that if you appreciate us, tell someone, if you have an, if you see an opportunity in us, uh, tell us. It will only improve if we know. So we really try to engage, I think, at a level that allows some dialogue to happen. Um, they are definitely our daily focus group. <laughs> they're customers, they're guests, but they're a focus group too. And if you listen to them and get them to really respond openly to you, you learn so much. That's first and foremost. Uh, the, all the social media channels have certainly come into play for us, which is very helpful. And then some web presence as well. Um, and we got some new printed materials that we're going to hand out in the store coming up probably in the next month before holiday as well. That'll help really engage people in the menu and the offerings through the holiday. And your, your inside is open. It is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. We, we, I just wanted to confirm that. I, I was aware of that. Just wanted to confirm that, uh, last thing, gentlemen, just contact information, websites or phone numbers or locations that you want to make sure people know about Todd. Um, well, we're right here at Central Plaza um, in the heart of Rome, just outside of downtown. Um, great location. We really love being here in this location. Website, uh, which is fabulous. It's uh, interactive and we're selling all over the country now. That was another thing that I didn't discuss, how we're actually selling product all over the country and delivering it, drop shipping it to customers. So our website is brand new and doing really good. And uh, just, you know, we welcome everyone to come by and see us. We're not here on Sundays and we're not here on Wednesdays, but uh, nine to six uh, every other day. And we'd love everybody to come by and visit us and just say, hey, or just look around. We don't mind. If you just want to come here and look around, we don't mind that. If you, you know, come back later and buy. We don't pressure you to do anything while you're here. Just come by and see us. Uh, Todd, give me the website one more time. We had a little bit of an audio hit on the internet. What's the website address? Okay, it's uh, just woodstockfurniture.com. Woodstockfurniture.com. Uh, Woodstockoutlet.com. 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 Okay. Um, and Mike, what about contact information for you guys, social media? The Yeah, just plug in Lumina Coffee and you're going to get it, whether it's a website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the great ones there. And then uh, do uh, come see us as well right across from the Brave Stadium. Can't miss us on the corner there. Drive-throughs open. Uh, the patios become real popular, especially with some beautiful weather that we've had this last uh, couple of weeks. So uh, it's a great place to uh, to just hang out and um, take a little bit of the load off. And keep an eye out for Java Joy uh, around the Rome area, which will be serving Lumina coffee. Absolutely. It'll be a great treat. 
Uh, Jenny, any final thoughts from the Chamber Expo coming up? Anything else you want to discuss here? Absolutely. We um, continue to sign up folks to participate in the Expo, whether it be in person or virtual. So if you have questions, call us at the Chamber, 706-291-7663, or our website is roamga.com. And just a um, huge shout out to both of these gentlemen for the great work they're doing and um, the great businesses they, they have in Roman Floyd County. It is tremendous. And um, as a consumer, the experience is tremendous also. So appreciate that. Yeah, like I said, uh, go see the folks at Woodstock Outlet. Get yourself a mattress for a good night's sleep. And then when you get up in the morning, go through the drive through at Lumina Coffee. So it's, it's, a, it's a great combination of guests. Well, thanks, Todd Trail from Woodstock Outlet and Mike Schieffer from Lumina Coffee. We appreciate you joining us. For Jeannie Krieger, I'm Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. And this has been the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. Coming to you from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. Thanks for listening.